0: Welcome to Business Rules with Peter Feinstein. Now put aside everything you think you know about business practices today and stay right here for the next hour as you're sure to find some surprises and wisdom to help you play the business game right. Now, here is your host, Peter Feinstein.
1: Welcome back to another episode of Business Rules with Peter Feinstein. I am Peter Feinstein, in case you were wondering, and to the engineers over there, you know, I'm the sketchy one. My guest today, Kenny Weiss. Kenny is totally dialed in, knows exactly what he's doing. He's an expert because we've been doing this now for four weeks. Today is our fourth meeting together. We've, uh, We've come a long way. So by now, you've probably gotten a sense of Kenny's spirit and point of view. And if you're new here, you'll get that pretty quickly, I think. Um, and so you realize much of what Kenny's been saying makes pure practical sense. We've had three just amazing jam-packed hours of real life. Very useful and entertaining. Um, and you know what? Maybe even somewhat fulfilling. And, uh, and I think that— Hopefully. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, and if not, then maybe then the purpose of today's show helps move us along that path because Kenny's book is uh, Your Journey to Success. How to Accept the Answers You Discover Along the Way. Boom. (laughs) (laughs) Forgot my own title. (laughs) See, totally sketchy page. (laughs) Um, You know, it's actually one of the many times um, that, we've, uh, that we've been on this, uh, on this show. Um, but today's show is going to take us um, up through everything that we've, uh, that we've done and talked about up till now, and um, it's something where we're going to take a look at um, some practical and really useful things to do in approaching uh, live, living from a different perspective. Basically, principles for every moment of your life so that you do not need to be stuck in your worst day cycle, um, I think it's uh, I think it's pretty critical that we that we come to that. So a little bit about uh, about Kenny, and um, if you're not aware, uh, Kenny is a coach, Kenny is a speaker and an author who is at the forefront of personal development uh, through his own personal journey and nearly 30 years of studying about the role emotions play in our lives. Kenny brings a one of a kind skill set. To the individual or business who is looking for more happiness and success personally and professionally, and I can tell you from sitting here, you know, not just um, not just during the shows, but in conversations before and then in, in breaks and after, um, that uh, that Kenny's point of view is um, is really cool and something that is uh, is clearly, at least to my mind, inspired. And Thank you. uh, yeah, you're you're very welcome. So, um, how are you today? I'm great. Awesome. Yeah, I'm doing so really well. you had shared some news with me. So tell me, tell me more about that.
2: Oh, just you
1: mean my kids or <laughs> kids <laughs> no. radio show? Yeah, you know. I got yeah, it started.
2: <laughs> kind of, I think, uh, as a result of these interviews, I got approached on LinkedIn to start my own show. So we we had a disaster last week, which is how it was supposed to be. Um, yep. So the real it, it got kicked off today. Actually, uh, uh, this morning was the first show and. Um, first show that went actually the way it was planned (laughs) (laughs) the other one went the way it was supposed to yeah exactly (laughs) yeah yeah so uh but yeah it's exciting to uh you know i mean put to you know share your thoughts and stuff and bring in other people to
1: hopefully try and help people that's great. Yeah, thank that, you. Yeah, my pleasure. My pleasure. So every week, um, and it's not just with you, but it's with, with all of my guests, I come up with some kind of a wacko icebreaker um, so that uh, so that the person listening can actually get a little bit more insight or go, oh, well, yeah, that wouldn't be me, though. Um, but anyway, <laughs> in, case, in case they are. Um, so when I was a kid growing up, I had – um, several different boxes of crayons. And every once in a while, I would pester my mom to get me the next biggest box. And my friend, two houses down from me, had like the 64 mm, color right. box, and it had the, the crayon sharpener in the back of it. And there was nothing I wouldn't do to get that box except steal it, which I did not do, because, yeah. I mean, I was I was a jerk as a kid, but I wasn't that much of a jerk, at least to him. Um, but I, I, think there are like boxes now that have 128 colors or something like that. So if you were to be a new color of crayon, what color would that be? Oh, definitely in my life, it's purple. Purple. Yeah,
2: I have, I, it's a, it's a funny story. I'll, I have no memory of ever seeing the color purple ever in my life. And as I went through this process that I described in the book, the, the final stages of it, I, there's just before the divorce my there was just a touch of purple that showed up in when we decorated a house and and now it's everywhere my brand, my clothing and I had no you know I knew color stand for things or whatever and I didn't pay attention finally I went to look you know I knew royalty all that uh-huh. but what I didn't realize about color or about the color purple is it also has a you know mysticism and clairvoyance and uh-huh. um, and a spirituality to it. And as I realize, I'm walking in my true color because my color as a kid was red. Well, that's anger.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so it's it's uh, yeah, it's it's kind of interesting that you bring that up because, yeah, everyone gives me a hard time. I'm Barney. You know, I got purple <laughs> everywhere.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, what's really funny is about th- four years ago. Um, my logo changed colors, and it integrated the yeah. color purple. And I had a colorist who was involved in yeah. that process. And she said, you stand for peace and power and yeah. reliability. And she said, and those are all characteristics of the color purple. Exactly. And I was like, oh. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and since then it's something where I've noticed how many other places that color pops up. So that's, yeah. that's really cool.
2: Yeah. It's, a, I'm walking in who I am in my gift, you yeah. know, especially that ability to feel what's going on in people and all that stuff. It, it
1: fits where I am in my life. That is, yeah. that is really cool. That is really cool. Last time we met, we spent a fair amount of time talking about our darkness um, plus, we spent time talking about one of the most powerful and um, and loving words in the English language. And, yeah. you know, and, and for those who have just tuned in and didn't tune in before, it's not the word yes. It actually <laughs> happens to be the word no. Yeah. Um, today's show is going to integrate... Um, all of the messy stuff associated with our darkness and the fears we have, with saying our truthful and and actually self-loving and loving of others, no, and um, and quite quite frankly, from my point of view, there aren't any others. There's really just me, and if I'm saying no in a loving way to me, then it's it's going to be loving for you as well, yeah. and that's just how that works. Um, but we're going to work on and talk about reframing those, um, those pains, if you will, um, those, those elements of fear and darkness um, into experiencing our best days. Um, first off, I want to spend um, a few minutes talking about career choices and our worst day cycle. It's something that we did not touch on um, for very much. and Actually, I don't know that we actually talked about it at all in the last show. What's been your experience in, um, in the people that you work with and even as far as you're concerned, uh, career choicing and, um, and worst, cho- uh, worst choice day? Worst day, worst, best day. Yeah. Worst day, best day.
2: Well, what I found since every choice we make is based on what we feel, not our thoughts, um, people choose their careers based on what they're feeling and or what they've experienced and because of the worst day cycle we keep repeating we've suffered trauma we're stuck in that you know i won't get into the whole cycle but we we repeat the, the trauma because at least we're in control of it and so one of the ways we do that is through our career and because it keeps us the victim because we get our power back that we lost in the trauma and so we friends careers everything every hobby everything we choose we're choosing that to revictimize ourselves because at least we're in control of the revictimization versus when it happened to us, it took our power away. So, you know, like I mentioned in the book, every real estate agent <laughs> I've ever met, they've had some sort of turmoil at home. Yeah. Whether they were an army brat or, you know, they moved a lot, something was unstable at home. So what do they do now? They buy and sell homes nonstop. And that process you want to talk about, chaos-inducing, they're just reliving it, you know. Um, so in the financial industry, same thing. There was issues around money. Didn't have it, had too much of it, something. So they're trying to reconcile that. So even um, <laughs> it was funny. Uh, 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 my ghostwriter for my book, who, mm-hmm. you know, she helped me with some things. And she asked me that question. She goes, so why would somebody buy a ghostwriter? I'm like, do you really? Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got to be careful some of the stuff you ask me. <laughs> and I said, well, think about it. What is it you're doing? You're writing somebody else's story nonstop. So that tells me as a child you never got to live your own story. And so your your greatest comfort is in living somebody else's story. Your job was probably to take care of your parents in some way emotionally. And she went white, you know. And That's what's sad is we aren't taught how all this works. And so because of that, for most people, as I put the, I think the title of the chapter is, are you a hostage or a hero to your career or something like that? Mm -hmm. And so for most people, they're a hostage like me. I mean, I played two pro sports. I never wanted to play. I thought I loved them, but they, that's not what I did them for. You know, this is the, this is the first job I have ever chosen. All the other ones, were either suggested or, you know, not forced upon me, but told, this is what you should do. Uh, You should. Exactly. And so, you know, and other various reasons. So most people don't realize that their careers are working against them. Um, and, And they don't know the process to get out of it or how to even discover that. And so my book shows you You know, this is how you find out um, if your career is working for you or against you. Now, in some cases like mine, had I not like me choosing to be a goalie in hockey. Mm -hmm. Part of why I chose it, as I see now, is I chose that because what's a goalie do react right nonstop and reads everything because it happens so fast. You have to be able to see when that guy's shoulder drops. I know where the puck's going because I watched it over and over. Well, what's my job now? I read and react. I can read somebody. I can, you know, I can react in the moment—a question or whatever. So I was teaching myself. I didn't realize how to do this job with every choice along the way.
1: How to do your current exactly? Okay. Yeah. So because I don't want people. Because you use the word "this," and sometimes it's one of those things where it's like innocuous. Exactly. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Watch this. All my choices up
1: to this point were
2: teaching me how all of this works. I didn't realize that. You know kind of my gift has always been this feeling and human dynamics and it, because of how DNA works in my parents I got there that ability that emotional quality on steroids but since we don't teach how to find any of that I didn't know it and so subconsciously every choice my marriage is everything was showing me how this all worked and and because I kept reading about psychology and researching it all, eventually I put all the pieces together and went, oh, my God, this is universal. This is everybody, not just me. And, and the second you argue with the process I talk about in the book, yep. you just proved it. I'm like, well, remember denial or shame? Like, I don't have to defend it. You, it. And that's when I knew. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, this is everybody. This is how it works in all
1: of us. And nobody's immune from it. Uh, yeah, because we all run these storylines in our head and it's the storylines that we don't share with anyone else, that we keep private and, uh, and that we think are private and that we think insulate us and protect us. And that, you know, we mistakenly think no one else has. (laughs) And to me, it's
2: bigger than that. In my experience, it's a cultural it's a human dynamic it's oh yeah it's how we've set it up that this is the dynamic of how you live your life yep and it's a broken
1: process Um, oh yeah it this is not phoenix specific or arizona or usa this is something where you know i visit my mom in israel and and speak to people there and they go through the uh, exact same stuff.
2: Yeah, the cycle I talk about—you could take to any country, and, and in three questions,
1: go, "Oh my God, he's right," <laughs> you know. Yeah, exactly, exactly. We're um we're actually coming up to our first break, and um, uh, so but um, we're uh we're going to talk a little bit more on the other side, um, about um. Not so much reconciliation. Well, we are going to talk about reconciliation, but not uh, the reconciliation um, that is normally associated with marriage. Mm. Um, But uh, we're going to talk about reconciliation that I think, at least in my life and I know for yours and your life, has been much more powerful. So when we come back in two minutes, we'll talk about reconciliation. But before we go, um, let, let the people listening know where they can find you online. Sure.
2: Um, First of all, the spelling of my last name is W-E-I-S-S, and so you can uh, reach me on my website, www.coachkennyweiss.com, Facebook, Kenny Weiss, uh, LinkedIn, Kenny Weiss, my YouTube channel, either Kenny Weiss or Life Coach Kenny Weiss. Um, I have a meetup group here in Phoenix on Thursday mornings. It's called Coffee with Kenny, so just look for me there if you you just want to come and talk about anything. Um, my new radio show now, um, it's on the coach on fire, uh, radio network. And the name of the show is your journey to success, which ties into my book. And that's the last thing. If you are interested in finding out about your career, other things, my book is called your journey to success. And it's on all the, you know, you get a paperback, Kindle, audible, and it's on Amazon, all the, you know, online retailers.
1: That's great. I appreciate that. And I know that my listeners do too. We'll be back in two short minutes. So you come back and we'll begin talking about reconciliation.
0: Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel, voiceamericaempowerment.com. What if you could save 55% or more on your TV advertising? We're Higher Power Marketing, and we can probably save you at least 55% on your TV ad buys. Don't believe me? That's okay. Just go to HPowerMarketing.com and see and hear real success stories from real clients. Then, ask us to show you how we can save you money, too. Go to HPowerMarketing.com. That's HPowerMarketing.com. Exceptional media for less. That's HPowerMarketing.com. If you think half of your company's advertising is working, but you're not sure which half, we can help. We're Higher Power Marketing, and we help our clients identify which advertising works and which is wasting their money. And then we fix what's broken so they can get more bang from their advertising buck. If you're not sure which half of your advertising is working, call Higher Power Marketing for help at 800 800- at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events.
1: Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com.
0: You're tuned in to Business Rules with Peter Feinstein. Reach out to us with questions and comments at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or connect with Peter via email. The address is businessrules at hpowermarketing.com. Now, back to the
1: show. Welcome back to Business Rules with Peter Feinstein. This week's guest, Kenny Weiss, speaker, author, coach, and uh, pretty cool guy who's uh, in, a, I think, a pretty happy place in his life today and, uh, and grateful for his company this afternoon. Well, this morning anyway, really. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. I, you know, I'll admit it. We pre-recorded the show. It's not live. But pretend it's live, okay? Because we'll treat you like you're here live. And, well, why shouldn't we? So before the break, we talked about reconciliation. And I promised you that it would not be talking about reconciliation with an ex, although it could But that's not the direction that we're talking. We're actually talking, or at least I'm talking about and want to have Kenny share with us some of his experience and observations um, in reconciling our trauma. So what has been your experience in reconciling your trauma and and those you work with?
2: What I found is we have a culture that says just forget about it. Don't deal with it. Um, And what I found is that's not possible. It's not. That's what do you mean? You can't sweep it under the rug? I haven't seen anyone who can, and that's what my book shows, is you can't. And your careers, your family, your your relationship choices, hobby choices, everything, it shows up in every single choice you make. Yeah. And so if we none of us want to go near that, but that's the answer, is that's whether you want to call that the darkness, you know, because we have that, you know, the dark place inside of us, the broken place inside of us, um, or... Brokenness that was placed into us by parents or teachers or caregivers who, because no one taught them how to deal with their trauma, then victimized us. And so now we're here holding the bag. And like I said, I, I I've never seen anybody find peace without reconciling that trauma. And yet we have a society that says don't deal with it. Don't go there.
1: So what feelings come up for you today when you think about your current career? I think that for me,
2: um, the feelings that come up is peace. And after years of searching, because no one teaches us how to do this, how to find ourselves, um, that I'm finally walking in me. And so... There's self acceptance. There's comfort. Um, safety. That's
1: probably a big word. Safety. Comforting your own skin. Yeah. I've had that experience, and actually most days I have that experience. But I remember the first time yeah. and how amazing um, you know, you were you were you were expressing peace and I thought, for me it's lightness.
2: Yeah. Yeah. There's just like just the lack of burden. <gasps> yeah. And the lack of fear and stress and, and yeah, that's a great way of saying it. Yeah. You're, you're just lighter, you know, even, even, even when I have a bad, a bad day where I'm, I guess in a bad mood, it's almost like a separation. It's like, ah, big deal. I'll wake I'm, up tomorrow. <laughs> I'm still okay. <laughs> it's just, it's so this, and it, well, it's a, oh, so this is what pain feels like. Huh? Okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Versus, <laughs> oh God, I know I can't hurt. Uh-uh. and. Yeah, and causing yourself even more suffering, and you know, despite of it. Yeah. Yep. I yeah, I, yeah that completely resonates with me. Yeah. So when you see others in this, and you know, the people that you work with as their coach, I mean, what observations do do you make with them? I mean, do you, you know, I guess, what suggestions do you make to people when looking at their emotions? And their careers, how do you, how do you draw them out?
2: Well, first of all, they're almost everybody's completely unaware. They don't even know that they hate their career or their careers working against them or they're because we're so detached and so unskilled emotionally. Yep. The the first piece is I, I really, in the beginning, I'm a teacher. Uh, they don't have the knowledge. None of us do. So I have to teach how the brain and body works, how emotions work and all that so that they can gain an awareness of what's happening in their life. You know, for a lot of people, um, they, I call it thawing out. They actually mm. have to really get back into their body and go, oh, I didn't like most people are numb. They don't think they're feeling Well, no, I'm fine Yeah. because they're not even present in their life. And so that's part of the process is getting back in touch with, oh my God, I didn't realize the reason I go get this Coke after work or whatever is I'm, (laughs) I'm like in white hot rage or whatever it is. They were completely unaware. They don't, because of the way the brain and body works and neural pathways work, when we fire that emotion over and over, unless it's massively intense, we don't even register it. Yeah. And so... I have to help them become aware enough that over time, they become aware of even the slightest emotion. And so they can stop that worst day cycle because they'll realize, Oh my God, it takes a while and and chipping down. Now I may know it, but I can't jump to that because they have to find it. So I have to give them the roadmap to, to where they can find the beginning and go, Oh my God, this is where I get my, this is where it all starts. But, it's an education process for them and allowing them, their brain and bodies to adapt to the changes too because they won't pick it up right away.
1: No, I can imagine that. I know the process for me um, has been long and it's it's funny. I was talking to someone earlier today, um, you know, the process of knowing better but not always doing better yeah. and, uh, and, and being completely cool with that because I realize it's like, yeah, that's just me being human. <laughs> I mean, what do I want? Yeah. Um, but it's something where um, you know, even in that process, it's something where I notice my thinking and there are times when my thinking pushes back and says, no, that's not right. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, um, yeah, it obviously is. And the fact that you're protesting it tells me that I'm, I've hit on a raw Peter nerve yeah. and, you know, maybe I need to um, gently and lovingly and acceptingly um, dig on that. A little bit. But you didn't get in that place from day one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was born that way. Yeah. Like... <laughs> I, I already know
2: most most people listen to this and say, no, I'm fine. Yeah. I'm emotions good. don't mess up with me. Okay. It, that just, it, it, it just hasn't hit you hard enough
1: yet. And, okay. that's, and that's fine. So he, here's, here's a powerful gift I want you to give to mm. the people listening. Yeah, and I don't think that there is anyone more powerful, um, and they can read it in your book. Um, but I want you to read your email that mm. we talked about, because that's um, that's the gift of basically tapping somebody on the shoulder and saying, "I know that this is what you're going through. This is what I went through." Yeah and people won't realize that until they hear you and your experience. So I'm going to step back and 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 let you read um an email um and you know if you want to give a you know a 30 second or a 2 minute or whatever backstory to it, you know, as you wish.
2: Well, the, I was I was contemplating suicide as I wrote this and um I was just in a lot of pain. I think that's really all there is to say. Uh, Let me see if I can get myself, before I start reading this, get myself back into that moment. Um, Okay. I'm really struggling today. I have walking pneumonia, and I feel depressed and defeated. These feelings have been prevalent for the last few years, and in the past 12 to 18 months, they've become debilitating. Imagine waking up in the morning walking into the kitchen, pouring gas all over yourself and lighting yourself on fire. The rest of the day, you smell it, you feel it, and you promise yourself that I will do whatever it takes not to do that again tomorrow. But tomorrow comes, you wake up, and without the slightest thought, you go right into that kitchen and you light yourself on fire right again. That's where I am, Mike. I have this compulsion to live in pain. I repeatedly choose a life that brings me pain. I tried watching the improv comedy television show, Whose Line Is It Anyway, the other day. I couldn't keep watching it. I kept flipping back, trying to watch it, but it made me so uncomfortable. It made me remember that when I'd go to comedy clubs, I could rarely laugh. That's because it's just not okay for me to be happy. It's uncomfortable and wrong. And it makes me afraid. Yeah, Mike, I'm afraid to be happy. Happiness to me means that something bad will happen. That pain is on its way. I have a ton of anger from my choices and things out of my control that have happened to me. But I can't feel the anger in my heart or my body. I know it's there, but I have no connection to it. I realize anger and my compulsion to fail or feel less than drive my acting out all of my addictions. I don't know how to stop these feelings and choices, even though I'm aware of the process. I tell others to go to meetings, make phone calls, do affirmations, but I can't do them. I am completely powerless to stop my fears, my thoughts, and my actions. As author Eckhart Tolle says in his book, The Power of Now, we are constantly caught up in the story of our life instead of the now. He mentions that in moments like this, the key is to surrender to the suffering. That pain is like a blessing. Because it is so bad, you become willing to surrender. I feel that way Mike I'm exhausted from all the suffering I've endured and chosen this life is not one I want to live anymore I am so unhappy all day every day I see and hear people saying just do this don't do that but it doesn't work that way for me I can't stop what goes on in my thoughts. I pray. I meditate. I go to 12-step meetings. I make phone calls. But I'm always at this point. I can't run my life anymore. I'm a failure at it. I have so much proof of that. I don't want to die. I don't want that for the people around me. But I don't see this pain, this continual process of pain that I either choose or that happens to me ending. I have a stretch of doing the right things and feeling a shade above misery. But it's always at some point I fail and in some way I end up right back here. I can't stop the cycle and I can't live with this cycle anymore. I may be here in form, but I'm dead inside. And my sense of hope recedes with each failure or the return of this pain. I have always had an insane ability to withstand pain, both physically and emotionally. I've been able to survive, not overcome, many painful things. But I'm at a point where I no longer have that resolve. I'm worn out and I don't feel the strength to fight like I used to. I'm surrendering to the pain in a way. However, all that is behind that surrender is emptiness. I don't know what to do, where to go, or how to stop this cycle I choose. So that was a email I sent to my counselor Mike uh, Pinkston. 2015. I think it was Jesus, I think I, I'd have to look. It might have been March of 2015. Mm. something like that. I, I can't remember exactly. I know it was
1: 2015. You know there's um, there's so much there. Um, we could probably have a show mm. just on that. Um, and I know that uh, I know that some of it, some of the uh, content of that, Comes from your twelve-step work mm-hmm. and and understanding and, and that process and you and you know you allude to uh, and not even allude just spell out certain certain aspects of that. Um, really, uh, really compelling and powerful, and uh, and I remember reading it and thinking to myself, it's like, yeah, that's what my life was like.
2: The lighting myself on
1: fire. Yeah,
2: just, that, that's what made me write that. Is I'm like. That's what I do every, every single day. day and all day long. I'm, I'm smelling it. I'm feeling the pain and torture all day and misery. And I'm going, not tomorrow. Tomorrow I'm going to do better. Tomorrow I'm not going to do this. I won't do this. I won't do this. And without even thinking, even thinking, even screaming at myself, don't do it. I wake up and do the exact same thing the next day. Yeah. That level of brokenness and powerlessness that type of pain, the pain I was in during that stretch, I can't, I, even that email just doesn't explain it. That was partly when I was going through the divorce. And like I said, I've been through pain, but, and you know what it's like in pain, you want to sleep, right? That's the only respite yeah, is when right. you sleep Yeah, and I would find myself waking up in the middle of the night because I was crying so hard yeah I couldn't even find peace in my sleep I was bawling my eyes out in my sleep that type of pain I can't equate you either know it yeah. in some form or you, or you just don't i don't I don't have words for that
1: yeah and uh, it's it's something where I, I wanted you to share that with with my listeners because it's something where you know if they thought no I'm okay I'm good. It's like maybe there's a line in there that that touches them and that makes someone go, oh, hmm. And even if it just does that. So we're uh, we're at a break point, which is, you know, kind of uncomfortable, but it's where we're at. Um, When we come back, um, we're going to go a little bit deeper Um, on this, um, but it's going to be talking about the difference between letting it go and letting it come. Mm -hmm. And I promise you that uh, in two short minutes, that will be our topic. Stick around.
0: Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. What if you could save 55% or more on your TV advertising? We're Higher Power Marketing, and we can probably save you at least 55% on your TV ad buys. Don't believe me? That's okay. Just go to HPowerMarketing.com and see and hear real success stories from real clients. Then ask us to show you how we can save you money, too. Go to HPowerMarketing.com. That's HPowerMarketing.com. Exceptional media for less. That's HPowerMarketing.com. If you think half of your company's advertising is working, but you're not sure which half, we can help. We're Higher Power Marketing, and we help our clients identify which advertising works and which is wasting their money. And then we fix what's broken so they can get more bang from their advertising buck. If you're not sure which half of your advertising is working, call Higher Power Marketing for help at 800 300 9124. That's 800-300-9124. Become a member of voiceamerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. You're tuned in to Business Rules with Peter Feinstein. Reach out to us with questions and comments at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or connect with Peter via email. The address is businessrules at hpowermarketing.com. Now, back to the show.
1: Welcome back to Business Rules with Peter Feinstein. My guest, Kenny Weiss. Our speaker, author... Coach, and um, you know, and and a guy who uh, who feels, and um, and you allows and, <laughs> and allows himself to feel, uh, which in my personal experience is the most beautiful thing because I remember. Um, Because it took me many more times than just the first time or or right out of the gate. Um, It took me a long time to begin feeling things again when I was so deep in my addiction. Um, And again, I I really appreciate uh, your willingness to read uh, to read your email. I mean, gosh, you know, I asked Kenny to do something and he's like, yeah, I'm happy to do that. Let's do it. <laughs> and I'm like, wow. Okay. <laughs> Courage is, um, I think one of the hallmarks of, um, deciding that letting it, letting go is okay. Um, mm-hmm. but letting it come is perhaps, uh, that much more compelling and powerful. Um, What's the difference between the two? Um, Letting it go is,
2: to me, that's a, a battle of control. We want to hold on to something. We're told to let it go, and so we do. But. We never, I mean, I could never in 12 time, I never I could never get that. Let it go thing. It, it just it sounded like words. But I'm like, OK, well, I give it away and I picture myself and it just never I could never grasp. Let it go because it, the feeling or the thought would always come back. I'm like, I, damn it. I already let it go. Why? You know, like it should be over. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, 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 I could never quite understand. Let it go. That email, what, the, what happened within a day or two of that is I realized I couldn't commit suicide because of my kids. Every reason was BS, and so I had to make a choice. I had known all my life that my ability to feel was also killing me because I was always out front. I was always reading you and understanding you or the situation to try and keep myself safe. And that control, like let it go, was what was killing me. And so I made a decision. I have to wake up tomorrow and not know what's going to happen. And that's when I guess for me, the picture that I got was I'll let it come to me. Now, did I let it go? Yes. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, but letting it go didn't work in my brain let it come did because let it go also meant I have control over whether it stays or goes, right? (laughs) I'm still in control. So that's why I couldn't get it. Well, let it come is I have none. I'm sitting here waiting for it. So I'm, I'm not the direct actor. Whereas let it go is I'm the actor. So like I control whether it stays or goes letting it come. I have none. I have no clue what comes at me each and every day none. I am powerless. That that's when things clicked for me is I don't have to know. And if I try to know, if I sit there and try and fix the problem, that's, what's killing me. Stop, go lay by the pool, take a nap, let it come. And that's how it worked for me.
1: Talk about that, because that's a great visual. I yeah. mean, you have got you have some experience with that? Oh,
2: yeah, that's exactly what I do. Tell me. Um, well, there's a chapter in the book I didn't know what I was going to write. And <laughs> that chapter. And, and I was like, how am I going to put all this together? And I went, oh, God, you're doing it again. Because I sit in my computer trying to grind it out, you know, the Nike philosophy. Come on, go. And I went, oh, God, here you go again. And so I just said, stop. I went and laid by the pool and and there's actually, Einstein used to do it. There's a meditative state where just before sleep, all thought goes away and insight comes in. That's why he would, after lunch, he'd sit in his chair with an apple to keep himself. If he dropped the apple, it would startle him enough because he was falling asleep. Uh (laughs) But he'd stay in that state. And it's when you learn to do that, it's amazing. You don't, it's just all the answers just. Ding, 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 ding. And so I was laying there, and I'm like, oh, and it all just flooded in. And So I've learned to keep my phone next to me. I call it puking. And so when I need an answer, I stop pursuing the answer. I go do something else, the gym, something completely opposite of what you're supposed to do. Like sure. we've all been taught, no, no, work, work, work. I, I go play tennis. I Literally, I don't work. But I keep my phone next to me, and then the notes section. I just all of a sudden the answer comes, and I just puke it into that, and then go back later and deal with it. But so that's a completely different work philosophy than any of us have ever been taught. So I hardly work compared to what I, I like. Yeah, I just
1: don't work. The the, the counterintuitive to that yeah. is is so compelling and so powerful, and it's it's actually one of the things that I talk about in working with my sponsees in yeah. my in my program, and and who and anyone else who wants to. Um, have conversations with me and they they realize how I work because I'm much that way. It seems like I just know when to step away from whatever it is I'm doing. It usually comes immediately upon the realization that I believe I have 147 things to do, none of which are related to each other. And so therefore, I have this laundry list of things that cannot possibly be done in the time frame that I need them to be done. And I'm like, oh, my God. And it's, I have that, oh my God moment. And it's like, oh yeah, I just need to step away and walk away. And I'll go hang out with my dog yeah, or I'll call my wife or I'll call a friend. Yeah. Get away from it. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes it's as little as three minutes. Other times it's as long as 30 minutes. Um, There's there's no time limit one way or the other. And I come back and I re-examine it. It's like, Oh, there were two things <laughs> yeah. and, and they're actually the same thing. Yeah. And it's like, great. All of that, all of that, you know, initial awfulizing and catastrophizing for nothing. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's, it's that personal hell that I paint my picture in and I paint that my, I, I paint myself in, yeah. um, so that's um, the
2: shame and denial portions of yes. the cycle I talk about. Yeah. We're searching for our power back. And the more we search for it, the less power we have.
1: You know, my experience um, is, is like that in prayer. Um, I learned how to pray, or at least I thought I was taught how to pray mm-hmm. um, growing up in uh, in temple. So I'm a recovering Jew, in addition to being a recovering <laughs> that's, addict. That's funny, <laughs> and uh, you know, and and nothing against you know, nothing against the Hebrew language, and nothing against you know, against Judaism. Um, it's just you know it's something where you know the way I was taught. My thought was, it's like, well, gosh, I would never think to talk to God like that, because. That's not what comes to me. Oh, and by the way, I don't even think God exists. So that was a completely different problem um, that I had to address. These days when I talk to God, when I pray, it's something where I follow nobody's convention. I don't know where it was that I came up with this. I think it was just something where someone, someone or something in my mind, I heard, bring me, come to me as you are. And I was so and it was one morning I was so in my head that I felt like shouting. Because I couldn't get comfortable. I couldn't get, you know, this, you know, beautifical state where I was like, oh, God, da-da-da-da-da, and please help me. It's like, yeah, I was screw that. I mean, and, and it was a whole lot worse. <laughs> My wife was upstairs showering. She must have heard me in the shower because she yelled down. She's like, are you okay? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm just having a conversation with God. She's like, oh, okay, well, that's good. <laughs> and, and it was just one of those things where it's like, you know, just just completely Remove myself from that picture that I had painted of myself yeah. that it needs to be done this way and uh, and I think that that's uh, I think that's that's part of it um, I remember something in your book that talked about how we actually end up killing ourselves, trying to control yeah. talk a little bit about that and um and some of what we can do. That can, uh, that can help us
2: well there's I, I cite some of the Adverse Childhood experiences study and other studies that show one, all of us have been through trauma, and then Candace Pert's work on the molecule her book The Molecules of Emotion and How Illness and Disease work that only two percent of the world population has a gene setup that would um, make it predisposed to any sort of health condition. Any health condition we have is an emotional condition. Mm-hmm. And so, and what I have found is the shame and denial pieces are what create the health problem. So I already know if your shoulder's hurting, your lower back, I, I know what the emotion is because we store those emotions in certain parts of our body and, and that sickness in certain parts of our body. And You know, that's, uh, you know, I did a video on that. My dad, you know, before he died, um, that didn't sit well with him. He had cancer and, you know, but uh, it's it's a pretty great story in the book. But um, maybe we'll leave that story for you to find out. But uh, for sure, um, that's what I I, my dad was beat to death as a kid. And and one of the, you know, the, the. the highest recidivism rate in all of cancer treatment is emotional work, not the billions we've spent on chemo or pills, any of that emotional work. You do emotional work. You have the highest rate of recovery from cancer. That says it. Yeah. And, you know, so my dad, they're giving them all this stuff. And at one point, you know, all of a sudden, all these welts and bruises showed up everywhere. Mm. And they had no clue. You know, oh, maybe it's this. Maybe it's that. They didn't know. Well, when I saw that, what I saw was because of what cancer is, cancer is a deep resentment, uh, deep self-loathing um, from severe trauma, and, and my dad was beat to death as a kid. What I saw was all that pain come to the surface, and that he, my dad had, was taught, don't be emotional, and so that was his only chance to express it. So. Um, there's usually some sort of secret involved with cancer is all. Uh, so you're basically eating yourself from the inside out. Yeah. As it, you're, the healthy cells uh, turn against you. You're, yeah. That's what happens. And think of it. If you're holding a secret resentment, you're eating yourself from the inside out. And so that's what cancer is. Yeah. That's why they can't cure it because it's an emotional
1: condition. Yep. Yep. I, uh, and
2: that I, doesn't make me too many fans. Like my editors told me, take that out. And I'm like, no, that's the problem. Right. We look. You may want to argue with me, but just listen to a drug commercial and listen to the side effects afterwards. (laughs) It's it's mind-boggling.
1: And then read
2: Candace Pert's book, and and you'll see how cells work and and how pills work, and they just come over top. It's it's not. I would never tell you don't take pills because it may be the great the first place to start. Yep. If you're in depression or whatever it is, but it's not the answer. The answer is always emotional work. Yeah if you want to recover yep it's it's true for just about everything and that's the, the science backs it up like this is an opinion I put the science in there medic the medical community knows it but we're run by drug companies you know and and that's fine I, I'm not saying that's bad I'm not here to judge I'm just saying we're not dealing with the issues that are causing these problems it's just it's just like sorry with the school shootings uh, okay, get all the gun legislation you want. But it, until you deal with the mental, emotional – the gun sits there. Right. It doesn't do anything until a person picks it up. Yep, exactly. And that person has mental, emotional issues. And that's what we do in society. We don't want to tackle the real issue, which is us and our emotional issues. You know, or, or lack of – our lack of information is a better way of saying it.
1: And you know what? That's, that's the core of it. Yeah. It's, that, it's that emotional uh, – that emotional journey – And that's where the success is. There's that lightness. Um, And it's not just the light at the end of the tunnel. It's the lightness of being, which is, um, you know, for all intents and purposes, practically indescribable. Yeah. Um,
2: ask yourself what, what choices, every choice you make throughout the day, you do it because you're trying to feel better. Oh yeah. You're not thinking about it. No. You just want it. Whether you drink, get stoned. Well, I don't care what your addiction or issue is. You're just trying to feel better. Like you prove my point, <laughs> <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> whatever you're doing. So I'm just trying to offer a way that's not so destructive. Yeah. If, if you are in a place where you'd like to be less
1: destructive. Kenny, so. this has been uh, just, you know, an exceptional treat for me, over the past four weeks, and uh, thanks for having me. Oh, it's been it has been my distinct pleasure, and um, I can tell you that uh, you know our four shows have been um, have been fun and instructive and a really good time. We have literally 30 seconds for you to tell. Um, just give the one best place that people can reach you. <laughs> www.coachkennywisecom. And there we go. So with that, um, we wrap up today's show. Kenny may be back again. You never know because, you know, I just have a habit of bringing back the really great people who come as guests originally. But in the meantime, I hope you have a great rest of your day, a great week, and you'll come back to Business Rules with Peter Feinstein next time. Thanks so much and have a great day.
0: you for tuning into Business Rules. Be sure to join Peter Feinstein for another enlightening program next Wednesday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a winning week.